And yes, I'm reading this completely off the cuff, so it sounds very sort of stilted and unfluid. But hey. Hello, and thank you for downloading. You're listening to Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure, a weekly series looking at unfamiliar places across the world, an aspect of travelling you may never have thought of. I'm your host, Ian Oliver, also known as the Barefoot Backpacker, a middle-aged Brit with a passion for offbeat travel, history, culture, and the whys behind travel itself. So join me as we venture Beyond the Brochure. one um basically i'm publishing a bit of a bonus content i think um when i had my conversation with alexi from travelx a couple of weeks ago we talked about a whole myriad of stuff and not all of it went into the original pod episode which was about luggage but we had a conversation for about 10 minutes about sport now i would have added it into the episode i dropped on sunday um but none of it was he didn't say anything about travelling for sport. It was more about talking about the sports that he liked. And we were having a discussion about mainly American sports like ice hockey, baseball and basketball. And it didn't seem relevant to the episode that I published. But I thought it might be interesting to publish it as bonus content because it's quite interesting. And it's, again, it's a very different sort of feel to the normal sorts of episodes that I publish. So here we go. This is... An extract from the um, conversation me and Alexi had a couple of weeks ago. Enjoy. I try and I try and basically organise most of my travel around hiking. So I make sure that there's a hike that I can do almost anywhere I go, really. So last year, for example, I had to Nepal uh, to do a big uh, trek. I did the Annapurna Circuit Trek, which took 17 days. Ended up actually staying a bit longer and doing another trek on top of that. Um, but even if I do a city break, so I headed to Berlin in September last year, for example, I still managed to find a corner of Germany where I could sort of hit the trails and enjoy some hiking as well. Um, in terms of playing sports, so th- obviously that does make it a bit difficult to do on the road. So I do tend to play sport mainly at home. So that's football and tennis. And I've played both really all my life on and off. And in terms of watching sports, I do prefer American sports. I've sort of grown out of football a little bit over the last few years. It's kind of become a bit disillusioned with with it all, with the Premier League. So I do tend to focus on ice hockey, baseball, uh, American football, basketball. Fair enough. I've never really, I mean, you'll probably criticise me for this, I've never really understood basketball. And I always find that baseball is a bit like um, cricket on speed. But I do really like the ice hockey, though. I've, I've been to Canada and I've seen, and Michigan as well, and I've seen sort of hockey live in the flesh, as it were. And it is, it's a very different beast to ice hockey over here. It's obviously it's a lot better. It's also a lot faster. You can definitely tell the difference, I think. It's interesting that you say that you don't uh, understand basketball as much. I think people tend to kind of gravitate 
towards basketball more than the other American sports because of kind of its history and things like Michael Jordan and stuff. It's when it's when I say to people that I watch ice hockey or baseball, that's when when I start losing people a little bit in terms of, um, you know, the rules and, and things like that. But with ice hockey, I think it's such a fast sport and I don't think you tend to appreciate it um as much and uh, until you see it in person did you did you find the same thing that when you saw it live that you were kind of a bit surprised at how fast-paced it is well i grew up watching it on television but i grew up watching british ice hockey on television back in the 1980s we showed it um and there was uh, a formative ice hockey league in britain um teams like the moorfield racers and it always seemed quite sedate almost but going over there and watching it live in the flesh you've got the atmosphere as well and it's just music it's 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 speed it's it's like one of my problems with basketball is i find it boring but mm-hmm. ice hockey is a very similar sort of game but for some reason i'm just more connected to it. i think it's just more exciting in a way it's yeah, possibly, I... it's possibly the physical contact more than anything else uh, one of my problems with basketball is that i mean we played it at school and I was always confused about any sport where you had no contact, effectively. Yeah, it's yeah. So uh, hockey is definitely a lot more physical and a lot more unpredictable where possession can change, you know, really quickly. Um, basketball does tend to be a little bit more sort of methodical where you've got um, you've got the shot clock. So you've got the 20, 24 seconds to, so you know, get the ball um, into into the basket. So. And yeah, it it does have a bit of a reputation. The players do have a bit of a reputation for um, almost being prima donnas, where they kind of uh, there's less contact. There's still contact. It's still considered the contact sport. But um, yeah, when you see some of the guys go down after sort of being touched gently on the shoulder, you do kind of start to wonder um, where they're coming from. Have you heard of load management before? No. So the sort of the the biggest stars in in the NBA and the National Basketball Association these days, um, as you can imagine, are very highly paid. Yeah. So with what load management is 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 basically resting. Uh, so those players essentially get rested by their uh, teams so that they don't end up picking up too many injuries or you know that they're not too fatigued because the season is 82 games. Uh, and that's just the regular season. Obviously, you then go through the playoffs, which can add, you know, upwards of another sort of 20 or 30 games on, on top of that. Um, so the highest paid players actually get rested, which is uh, a very controversial topic at the moment uh, in basketball, because, as you can imagine, with people paying top dollar to go and watch these games, um, some days you're just not going to see the top players, not because they're injured or, you know, because they there's anything wrong with them it's just because they're resting so that they can be fresh for the next game surely that's not much different from what happens in you know sort of british football it, it's squad rotation it's um yeah if you've if you've got that many games in a short 82 games in a, in a regular season that's, 82 uh, games in a regular season and so the basketball they, sorry how often do they play then do they just play like sort of twice three times a week yeah, sometimes even more. So with basketball and hockey, uh, the seasons uh, run parallel, basically. So this starts around the beginning of October and the regular season finishes around end of March, early April, depending on the year. 
And then you have the playoffs, which tend to go on from April to sort of mid to late June, um, depending on, on, on how they go. So, yeah, sometimes the team will play two, three, four times a week. Um, I think basketball games get a little bit more spaced out. But, yeah, my ice hockey team uh, is playing something ridiculous, like six, ga- six games in a space of 10 days. Wow. That, that, that's quite a... It's quite a lot. Although the one thing, I mean, presumably it's the same in basketball as well. It's only the one thing in ice hockey is you can just sort of substitute players all the time. So although you're playing a lot, you're not necessarily on the ice for terribly long. So you'll sort of like play for three, four minutes, then you'll come off for three, four minutes. You, it, it's actually way less than that. Uh, an average shift, um, it's called a shift. So you've got four forward lines. Yeah. Uh, so you've got four forward lines of um, three players. So you've got a center and a right and a left wing. Um, they tend to stay on the ice for anything between 30 and 45 seconds at a time. So um, it's very, very fast paced. And it's very, when you see it in person, as, as you have done uh, yourself, you, you sort of tend to see how, just how fast paced the game is and how um, quickly everything happens. So yeah, it's 30, 45 seconds on. Uh, then your next line comes in. Obviously your first line is going to be generally your best line. And then it goes down to your fourth line uh, who tend to be sort of guys that kind of, you know, try and keep the ship steady and not let the other team score. And um, a lot of the time they're the guys who sort of, unleash all the punishment by hitting other players and yeah. checking which is called checking so yeah uh, three and three. some players can double shift some players can play for about two minutes at a time but it's it, it's rare it's yeah. very rare it, it's a very physical um sport as well in that sense not not in terms of well obviously it's physical in terms of fighting that's what it's famous for but it's physical in terms of because it's so fast-paced it and it's a lot effectively it's sprinting on ice so there's a lot of you're using a lot of your muscles there, aren't you, really? It's... Oh, absolutely. Not physical enough, according to some fans, because the the fighting that it was so famous for, especially in the 70s and 80s, um, has sort of, oh, I don't want to say gone away completely, but the, the, the game has definitely moved more towards skill and speed. Um, and, I, think, uh, I think that's a, a pretty good, I, I think that's a good thing, to be honest. Uh, absolutely, but there, 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 there's, um, there, there's definitely uh, parts of the fan base, especially in certain markets, um, that would prefer that sort of physical, that more violent part of the game to be more, um, sort of more present. Um, but you know how it is with with, with certain people sort of struggle yeah. to move on with the times, especially if it's a sport that they have grown up watching over, you know, 30, 40, sometimes 50 years. It can be difficult to um, potentially move on. And there's still, there's still, there's definitely still room for, you know, for fighting and, uh, and stuff in the game under certain circumstances. But I think overall the way that hockey has um, sort of, uh, evolved over the years has definitely been for the better. Yeah, do you think do you think it's had an image problem maybe? Um, see, the the thing with 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 um, hockey North America is it's still overall considered to be one of the less popular sports. So in the United States, especially, um, American football is by far the most popular sport, followed by 
baseball, uh, followed by basketball, and then ice hockey coming sort of a distant fourth, or yeah, just yeah. sort of barely above NASCAR uh, <laughs> racing and uh, and and things like soccer. Well, women women's soccer is really popular over there, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Women's soccer has really um, really taken off, especially. Um, because of the team's performances over the last few yeah. years in the Olympics and the World Championships, uh, and the U.S. national team has actually just qualified for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, I think last weekend, literally. So there's a bit of a buzz um, again around that. So that's great, and um, there's definitely room for sort of soccer um, in in North America, but I. Yeah, actually, women's women's soccer is growing at a at a really really good pace. Yeah, I, I seem to remember about ten fifteen years ago, I was um, I had an internet friend in Michigan um, who played it at her college. Mm. So a, a friend of mine from school here in London. So I think I can't remember when the last time I saw him. I think it was year 11, uh, which for our international listeners is how old are you in year 11? 15, 16. So I don't know I, what great what grade that is. I don't know either. I went to a private school that didn't have those years. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I, I didn't live in a nice enough area to be uh, sent to a private school. And my mum tried, believe me, but uh, I ended up in a very, very rundown. Uh, my my grandmother was insistent that I went to a private school because otherwise the option would have been a very rundown school. What? So. Yeah, so did my so did my mum, but um, I think she tried to get me into this private school literally a few months after I came to the UK, and my English still wasn't at a high enough level, I think, to pass the entrance exams. And I think eventually she relented and just let me go to a local school about ten minutes away from my house. <laughs> uh, parents, eh? <laughs> okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that special bonus content. Who knows? There may be more. Until then, have a good week. And if you're feeling off colour, keep on getting better. Thank you for listening to this episode of Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave a review on your podcast site of choice. I'm pretty bad at that sort of thing myself, so I'll understand perfectly if you don't. Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure was written, presented, edited and produced in the Kirkby and Asheville studio by the Barefoot Backpacker. Music in this episode was Walking Barefoot on Grass, bonus, by Kai Engel, which is available via the Free Music Archive and used under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. Previous episodes of this podcast will be available on your podcast service of choice, or alternatively on my website, barefoot-backpacker.com. If you want to contact me, I live on Twitter at rtwbarefoot, or you can email me at info at barefoot-backpacker.com. Until next time, have a safe journey. Bye for now.